Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. Hi, I'm Jeannie Simon. I'm CEO of Sell Your TV Concept Now, and I'm a producer. Honestly, there's never been a better time in the entire history of television to have your own creative ideas about a TV show. There's never been this many buyers, ever. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? You've got to get yourself in front of people because then that's when the magic happens. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Well, hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis. Not joining me this time is our co-host, Fred Keating. Why is Fred not joining us this time? Well, we're actually both at the Banff Springs Hotel in wonderful Banff, Canada. We're at the Banff World Media Festival. Now, Fred is off gathering other interviews while I'm here outside overlooking this beautiful view of the mountains with Jeannie Simon. Jeannie is founder of Sell Your TV Concept Now. She's also a producer, an executive producer, somebody who really knows her way around the television industry. She's worked on more than 400 television episodes. She's worked with ABC. Nickelodeon. Who else? Oh my gosh, Cartoon Network. I met my husband working for HBO on First and Ten. And um, uh, Turner Broadcasting, Discovery, Disney. You know, I've been at it now 30 years. <laughs> so I've worked for a lot of people. So now we want to talk about your business. This is really captivating. Sell your TV concept now. You did a presentation yesterday and I sat in on this and you were talking about the do's and don'ts of pitching. And I know our listeners really care about this topic. So why don't you get into this a little bit for us? Our session was the first one we kicked off the conference and it was called Don't Blow Your Next Pitch Meeting. So what we did in about 30 minutes was just go over some of the basics but not obvious pointers that people really need to know for this conference. So we talked about expectations and we talked about flow of a pitch meeting and how you need to deliver the information about your show so the executives get it. I want to dive a little bit more into expectations because I think there's a little bit of a misunderstanding about what one might be able to expect. Well, of course, everybody would love to pitch their show here and have that executive whip out a contract. It's just not going to happen. At this conference, you are meeting tons of people, you will get lots of pitch meetings, and a proper expectation is, is to pitch your show and get that person excited and interested enough to want to take your materials, meaning whatever you have, your sizzle reel, your script, your treatment, back to their team. So when they go back to their offices, they're going to present your pitch package to their team. Because in TV, a pickup of a show, that's a team decision. They all, every department has to buy off on it. So the proper expectation is, you know what, a home run is for the executive to ask for your materials to take back and share. So you shouldn't actually be disappointed with that, that's actually a really good sign. No, you should be celebrating. I mean, this is a home run. You should celebrate that. And then what we hear from executives is, so when they take your materials, they go back to their office. You know, they've got their everyday work that they have to get back into. So it really is up to you as the producer to follow up with them. And a lot of people, that's where they really drop the ball. Great. In fact, I wanted to talk about follow-up. What form should that take? At the end of a pitch meeting, let's say you do get that interest. And they say, could you please send me your treatment and your scissor reel? Email that to me. 
Okay, well, then you should be saying, who should I send it to? How do you like that? In what form? What kind of file? And when? When should I be sending that to you? It's on you to get those specifics and then follow up. You know, our advice is take really good notes after a meeting. Because at a conference like Banff in particular, you could literally have hundreds of meetings. So if just say 10%, 10 of those meetings ask you to follow up, it would be very easy to get confused. So take really good notes after meetings. Now what are those executives looking for when you're pitching your film and television project? They're looking for good story and good character. That's really it. Really, that's it? Well, that's, well yeah, okay, that sounds, <laughs> that sounds really simple, doesn't it? But to come up with good story and character, you have to go through a very rigorous development process. In fact, I'm here with several clients that I've worked for months with them on rigorous development. And then when you do that and create a very good treatment, that's when you know how to pitch your show, not beforehand. You know, just pitching some vague idea. A lot of people, and there, there are people here, I'm sure, just pitching these very vague, undeveloped ideas, that will get you nowhere that you will get no interest. You have to come here pitching interesting, deep, developed characters and storylines that are interesting, surprising, different. It takes time to do that. Is it important to have a personal connection to that storyline? I think so. I think that it's more interesting, it's more authentic. You know, the buyers here are looking for a different and unique point of view. If your story's about something that maybe happened to you or something maybe you've overcome in your life, that's what's really interesting because it's unique. And I guess that holds true whether it's a, a dramatic presentation or whether it's a documentary. Yeah, I mean, holds true for animation. That's what South Park is. At that time, oh my gosh, how long has that been on? 20 years? I don't I've lost count. And I love that show. But when that was first pitched, the idea of having, they're in third grade, third grade kids talk like that and do those things, that you talk about a unique point of view. Talk to me about the importance of relationships in this business in terms of the pitching process and, well, if you don't have that relationship going in, how can you develop that relationship and not blow it? Yeah, you have to come to conferences. I think like all business, TV is a person-to-person -person business. They want to do business with people they know and trust. You have to get off of your couch. <laughs> you got to get your butt to these conferences. And there are conferences all over the world for you know different kind of shows you know we're so we're in this digital age right and for a lot of us we're used to just uploading things or a lot of people that I work with think that if they just put their video or their short on YouTube that it's going to get discovered that's not going to happen so you've got to get yourself in front of people get your product in front of people because then that's when the magic happens you're there you're in front of them and you actually transfer your confidence your energy your enthusiasm for your project and that's what makes it sell that's what gets people interested you cannot accomplish that online or through email or any digital way now let's say I'm a young creative person and I've never actually produced a project before, but I have great ideas. Is it really important then to partner with somebody, maybe a friend in a production company, maybe through an internship, somebody who can help me get my foot in the door because maybe it's not really realistic to walk into the executive wing of a broadcaster, even 
expecting to get the meeting in the first place. Well, it's hard. You're talking about like a one-off meeting. Those meetings are hard to get unless you know somebody or have an in very, very tough. Again, that's why conferences are good. But let's say you're like really young. You know, my advice is move to, like if you're in the States, you got to move to LA or New York, get a job. Start out as a production assistant and get work and meet. That's, that's what I did. I moved to LA. I was in my 20s. I moved to LA and I just, I actually worked for free on a couple low budget features just so I could get some LA credits. And the people I met, and then I ended up working for HBO. I mean, that's where it took me. You know, if you're in Canada, go to Toronto, move to Vancouver, you know, move, you gotta be where it's at. And where it's at is where the money is. You know, the money, the finance money and the decisions are being made out of those hubs. So for young people, that's my advice. Get out there, get jobs, and that's how it's done. And it's back to that trust thing again, right? Because people don't work with other people that they don't trust. You have to give them a reason to trust you, and that's only going to happen if you're in the same room as them, working on the same projects. And I guess that's why you started by volunteering. It got you in the room. That's right. And what happens is, so when you work, and this happened to me, I went out to LA, I worked on a feature for free. And then when the movie's over, all those people scatter to different jobs. And if you're good, you get hired on the next one because your buddy says, oh, we need a production coordinator on this job. Would you be interested in that? And that's what happened to me. I moved up and then when we, I met my husband on working for HBO, we moved out to Orlando to open up the Nickelodeon studios and I became one of their top producers there and he became a production designer for Nick. So we just kept moving up after like every job ended, we'd move up. And you've worked on Disney projects as well. In fact, is this a bit of a specialty for you, uh, children's programming? That's where my heart is. I love children's programming. I worked on Clarissa Explains It All with Melissa Joan Hart, Gullah Gullah Island, Allegra's Window, Roundhouse. So I just, I love that niche and I just love the kids programming in the sense of humor. You know, because now whenever I'm like developing a show, one of my first instincts is I want to throw gack on people or I want to get people messy and wet because it's just it's just fun. And what advice do you have then for young producers, screenwriters, perhaps who want to specialize in the children's market? Target um, network shows that you really like. You know, it just so happened that Nickelodeon resonated with me because at that time they were really differentiating themselves from Disney. Disney back then was still kind of the anesthetized programming where nobody ever got messy, nobody was ever sad, you know. Whereas Nickelodeon's motto was, let kids be kids. And the main characters at Nickelodeon were always kids. The parents were side characters. And the kids were getting messy and they weren't perfect. And we were purposefully casting kids that were kind of odd looking, honestly. <laughs> and I did a lot of casting at that time. And it was it was just so fun. Is that the key then to creating successful children's programming is to be a little bit odd? Well, I'm a little odd. Uh, <laughs> and you know what the, you know what I think the key is? You have to drop your adult mentality, honestly. Uh, Mark and I, my husband, we created a show called Timmy's Lessons in Nature. And it was about this kid probably six or seven, I guess. And he's such a moron that he does everything wrong in nature. I mean, he's having fun. He's having a great time, but he's just silly. He doesn't learn from his mistakes. And I, and I'm, I was the writer on that. And I used to tell my husband, I have to get like really stupid for a day <laughs> to write this. 
But, you know, you talk about fun. You know, for those of you out there interested in kids programming, the people are great in it, the producers, the executives, because everybody's kind of in that zone of fun. Let's make it fun. We want to work with fun people. If that's your deal, I highly recommend it. Jeannie, there are a lot of people out there who feel that this business is really feast or famine and that there really isn't much zone in between. What do you have to say to that? You know, I've been at it 30 years and uh, I've never starved, you know, and I've been a freelancer. I've never been staff. Is that right? Oh, I had one small stint, but I didn't like it. <laughs> I preferred freelancing. So I literally go, and my husband too, we go from job to job to job. So, um, you know, at this point we have so many credits that people come to us to hire us. But when you're first starting, you know, again, I go back to the advice I gave earlier, and that is put yourself in a city where things are happening. And you have to, you know, you, this is not for the meek. I mean, uh, I can tell you a story. When I first moved to Hollywood, I literally took a stack of resumes. I went into Hollywood and I literally, for an entire day or two, I just went from production office to office. And they're literally lined up. And I went in, in person, notice, and asked to meet with a producer. And I had my little short resume at that time. And I got several gigs just from doing that for a day. But you've got to get your, you got to put yourself out there. In fact, people in this business want to see tenacity. They want to see polite tenacity, but they want to see that you've got gumption. Absolutely. They want to see, they want to see that you're energetic about it, that you're excited, and that you're tenacious. I mean, you do, this is not an industry where you sit back. You do have to get out there. And, you know, that's why Mark and I are here. Yeah, I've been in the industry 30 years, but this is my fourth conference this year. And I may be going to another one in October. We'll see. But we also come to these to keep up our contacts, see what's going on. You know, the TV business right now is in major flux because of all the, o, you know, the OTT over-the-top providers, Amazon, Netflix. The landscape is changing. I mean, honestly, there's never been a better time in the entire history of television to have creative ideas, to have your own creative ideas about a TV show. There's never been this many buyers ever but you better know what the trends are and what's selling so that's why we come here well i think those are fantastic thoughts to wrap up on but before we do wrap up is there anything else you'd like to say if you have any thoughts about entering the tv business get out there put yourself in the right place at the right time and do what i did i did not listen to my parents who i'm from the midwest from st louis right in the middle of the united states very conservative they did not get it you know, unless I was going to be an attorney or a doctor, you know, I really didn't have a career. And believe me, once I started, they had heard of Nickelodeon, of course. Once I got that job, they were all in. Oh, that's wonderful. But until that time, you know, I kind of had to, like, put my blinders on and just move forward. So if this is really your dream and your passion, go for it. That's fantastic. Thanks for joining us, Jeannie. You're welcome. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.